Welcome to AI Exposed. I'm your host, Justin Scott. This is a podcast dedicated to exploring all the technologies that premier support for developer teams at Microsoft use when helping companies just like yours looking to take advantage of artificial intelligence. In this episode, we talk with Liam Kavanaugh, who's a program manager on the Azure Search team, who shares a little bit of detail on the Azure Search platform and all the ways that they're helping our customers. Enjoy the show. Hey, Liam, welcome to the show. Thanks, Justin. It's great to be here. Yeah. So, Liam, we always start off the show with trying to understand a little bit about the person that we're uh, talking with today. Can you introduce yourself and tell us what you do at Microsoft? Sure. Uh, I am a program manager. I work on a product called Azure Search, which is one of the Azure platforms of a service. And uh, I work in the engineering group. So, yeah, hopefully I can give you a little bit of background on some of the things that we're doing in this area. Yeah. So when someone says Azure Search, uh, it sounds very broad. Uh, and it sounds like it could be a lot of things to a lot of different people. Can you hone in on that a little bit and tell us what that covers? Yeah, absolutely. So what we find with within the search space is that there's a lot of companies out there that are trying to build a great search experience over their data. So, you know, think of web apps, mobile apps, and I mean, pick out your 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 smartphone and look at all your favorite apps and probably a good portion of them have some sort of search piece to it, whether it's, you know, Netflix where you're searching uh, for movies to watch or, you know, Yelp to search for restaurants for view. So when we look at search, there's often a lot of things that people have come to expect when using search engines like Google and Bing. You know, being able to do type ads. So as you're typing into that search box, it it, uh, it helps give you suggestions. It's allowing you to handle spelling mistakes, understanding different languages. There's just so much that comes into it. It's It can be quite intimidating, quite hard for a lot of people to build these apps. So what we try to do as a platform, as a service, is try to take away that complexity so, so that people can build out these great search experiences in these types of apps. Okay. And what does search cover? Does it cover speech also? Is that considered search or is it just textual type? Yeah, you know, there's all kinds of different ways that people are looking to interact with with the underlying data. Now, primarily, and I think what most people are familiar with, is the idea of a search box where people are putting in in text and, you know, trying to find a, you know, the content that that they're looking for. And so that's definitely one primary part. But what we've seen over time, over the last couple of years, is that there are all kinds of new areas that people are trying to push into. You know, this idea of speech is a great example. You know, people have, uh, you know, referenced things like Cortana and Siri, so that as people speak, uh, it actually maps what they're speaking into text that then allows them to do search. You know, bots are another very popular one where, you know, things like the Microsoft's bot framework where, you know, talking through Skype or Slack or SMS, you can have more of an interaction. All of those are new styles of interaction. But ultimately, if you look under the covers, it's all being mapped down to text and it's typically search that's powering the responses that come back from these systems. Ah, I see. So if I were to talk into my phone and or Cortana and use some particular feature of it, maybe something else is deciphering what I'm saying and, and that gets into the concept of intent. 
But once you get those intents or what they're really wanting to do, what you're saying is that is text and that needs to go act upon something and that's where they could tap into some of your services. Yeah, you're, you're right. And I think you hit on something really uh, a main point when you talked about the idea of the intent, specifically in language understanding. Because if you think about a, a typical interaction, you know, think about in real estate, if I'm searching for a, a home, uh, I might say something, I am looking for a, a home with four bedrooms in a good neighborhood and close to schools, right? So, I mean, if you actually understand that intent, you can extract out interesting words like, you know, four bedrooms, which is really not so much a, a full text search, but it's filtering where number of bedrooms is, you know, four or more. Um, good schools could indicate, you know, an intent to understand, you know, things like, uh, you know, how well that school does in that district. So all of those things fit in very, very well into search because not only can you tie the full text search to find what you're looking for, but also being able to drill into data based on factors such as number of bedrooms. And so intent is, is often something that really has a lot of value to these types of solutions. Huh. So when you're calling one of these uh, functions and, and you've, you've whittled it down to an intent, is there something, is there, rather than just giving it text, are there other parameters that can be used? For example, you said a four-bedroom house. You know, there could be the dad looking for buying his daughter a, a dollhouse, <laughs> and there could be the person looking to buy real estate. Is there something that gives a little more contextual, or does the words in it, uh, that, that is, you know, he'd have to say the word dollhouse for them to decipher that, in other words. Yeah, no, that, that's exactly right. So what happens is that, you know, it's very rare that someone's going to build a, a search application that's purely based on text. You know, if I, you know, I might be searching for the real estate listings, you know, homes that have granite countertops, which is an, a very obvious example of full text search. But what most people are trying to do is they're trying to add additional fields, additional metadata to that index to help further refine the results. So, for example, they might have a field or a column called bedrooms. Um, you know, it indicates an integer for the number of bedrooms, you know, bathrooms. You know, if you're looking at movies, maybe it's a rating, uh, a number one to five. So not only are people looking to be able to extend it to to do full text search with that type of, you know, filtering, but also what they're looking to do is use that for what we call scoring or tuning. Um, and so a good example of that is our support for geospatial. Um, you know, going back to that real estate example, imagine I was looking for a house. Um, you know, it might make sense to say, okay, I'm gonna do a search, but you know, since I can likely get the location of that user from the browser, you know, a general longitude and latitude, why not give a little bit more relevancy to results that are in close proximity to that user? Or if, you know, I'm in a used car uh, dealer site and they're selling cars, you know, show me all the cars that are available within 10 kilometers of, of this zip code, for example. So all of those types of things come into to play in being able to not only filter, but also tune to improve the overall user experience. Right. I see. Yeah. So, and everybody kind of thinks in terms of the Bing search or the Google search and, and thinks in those, I, you know, I put three or four words in and magically knows two or three uh, uh, 
top two or three links happen to be magically exactly what I want. We probably right. just take it for granted at the, at this point. But has there been some recent developments to to kind of pinpoint some of the recent developments that have been happening in this area? Yeah, definitely. And we actually work quite a bit with the Bing team because obviously there's a lot of um, experience and knowledge within Bing that we can leverage um, to provide to our customers so that they can do some of these advanced things. Like, for example, we we have their uh, language um, technology that understands 56 languages at a very deep level. So they built this up over 16 years. So there are some assets there, which is very, very cool. But to, to your question, yeah, I, what I'm finding specifically is that there is a lot of um, advancements in the area of machine learning and other technologies that help further enhance that search experience. Anything from the idea of personalization, like if I can understand the user who's interacting with my system, I can personalize the results to them much better and give just an, a better overall experience. There's things such as, you know, we, we see a lot in, you know, all kinds of different organizations. They have, you know, files everywhere. You know, a, legal companies are a good example where they have huge numbers of PDF files that are sitting there. Sometimes it's just, you know, literally a room full of papers. You know, being able to not only scan that, do OCR, and then be able to uh, search over it, but really understand that content. So if I can scan in, say, legal documents, I can allow people to say, you know, refine down the cases down to cases that have been done by this judge or be able to understand, you know, what are the types of cases? Who, who was participating? Who were the juries? So being able to not only search, but really understand that, machine learning has really become very powerful to allow us to get deep meaning from the underlying content. Interesting. Uh, I want to explore a little bit for the developer or the team or even the product teams that are consuming our products that are exploring needing this search capability. You know, if you sit in front of them and they're just kind of wanting to feel us out on how it's all done and what the costs are and all, what are some of the tenets of, you know, the concerns that they should have? Yeah, so what happens with Azure Search is when you come into the Azure platform itself, um, just like um, most of the other services out there, you, when you go and create it, what you do is using your subscription, you say things such as, which data center do you want it to be in? Do you want it to be in the West US? Do you want it to be in UK? You know, whatever region makes the most sense for you. And then what happens with Azure Search is under the covers, we go out and provision for you, not only the capacity for you to do the types of searching that you need to do, but also create all the underlying technology to perform these things that I, I was told telling you about. So what happens is that once that's created, that is that customer's search service. Um, it's not mixed up with other customer services. It's purely separated. When you connect into the search service, uh, you're going to authenticate, pass in a key um, that is unique to you, 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 the customer, to be able to securely access your data. So although we manage that infrastructure for you, uh, the actual data is um, in the customer subscription separated from others. So the customer has, you referred to data that they have to store. What kind of data would 
the customer be storing? Yeah, uh, definitely. It really ranges all over the place. You know, for example, we have a large number of uh, customers that already have some data sitting in the Azure data platform. So, for example, they might have some data in Azure SQL. Uh, you know, our document DB, which supports a more of a NoSQL type syntax, you know, table storage, even blob storage, storing files in there. So there's really a wide variety of data stores where people want to have a full text search experience over that data. Now, for those cases, what we've done is we've actually created these crawlers. Uh, we call them Azure Search Indexers, but it's basically a crawler that you configure and say, Azure Search, I want you to crawl this Azure SQL data store, uh, this table, or even a view. And then we will ingest the, the data into Azure Search and then provide you this API so that you can have this full text search experience over it. And the reason why, you know, a lot of these data stores uh, are great for, you know, SQL is great for um, doing queries and joins and doing those types of things, uh, but they're not necessarily always targeted at building full text search applications. So by being able to easily extend your data from these data stores into Azure Search allows you to continue to use those stores for the purpose that you're currently doing, but also allow people to have more of a search exploration experience over that data as well. So there's, you know, the crawler is, the indexer is one way of doing that. We also are an API-based service. So, you know, if you don't happen to have your data in Azure, uh, you can simply post it. You can use a, a REST-based API to send the content into Azure Search, which then allows it to be full-text searchable. Mm, I see. Okay, so yeah, it makes sense that if, if you want to go with the example you said, if legal documents, for example, if a state mm -hmm. agency wants to keep all their court cases or something like that and make that text, well, that makes sense that they're sort of indexing all those documents. Uh, I, I, I can see that. But is there other types of metadata that can be stored also? For example, if you're often not getting a certain search term correct is there are there mechanisms in this api that can uh where you can improve the model yourself or is that a more centralized api that you a customer doesn't really have control over that yeah that, that's a really important part of search is that you know by default you know it provides a really good uh search experience and and, and a really good example i gave uh or i heard just recently was that um there is a stat that says that 70% of all searches, regardless of the type of application you're building, doesn't matter if it's you know retail or you know a used car website that has search, 70% of all searches are what's called long tail. And what that means is that you know it's search terms that you completely did not expect that your users were going to use. And as you can imagine, when you're building out an application, nothing can be more frustrating than doing a search and the search engine says, sorry, zero results. And, you know, perfect examples are back to that real estate where, you know, if I'm looking for a home um, on a waterfront, maybe in that content it's referred to as a lakefront. Uh, you can think of medical, think of all of the different variations of terms that there can be that are not going to be exact matches. So. For that reason, what we've done is we've added something called search traffic analytics. This is a thing, part of Azure Search, that allows you to uh, optionally log 
metrics such as the operations, um, but also all the details of the searches. And using our Power BI integration, you can then visualize and see what are people searching for? What are the most common terms? And probably more importantly, you can see what are people searching for but not getting results? Like for example, that case of waterfront, if I see that people are searching and they're not getting the right number of results, well, through Azure Search, you can provide us your own um, ontology or set of synonyms, basically, which says that, you know, if somebody searches for the word waterfront, that means lakefront or, you know, you know lakefront. So you can really build out and, ex and expand that. And once again, that's actually another area where we are seeing a lot of advancements in technology, where being able to use machine learning to look over your content to not only be able to build more intelligence, but to build out things such as these synonyms. So I can actually figure out relationships, correlations that say, you know, quite often homes that talk about waterfronts and might also talk about lakefronts. So you can actually, in somewhat of a more automated fashion, learn and build out this type of experience as your users are using that system. Interesting. And I did see that recently you wrote an article about you know, kind of optimizing these document searches and stuff like that. Uh, maybe you could touch on that a little bit and, and how that's important to customers. Sure. Yeah. And, and this fits in, in pretty closely to what you know what we what we were just talking about with some of the advances. Um, so there there is some a set of services within Azure called the uh, cognitive services, and what they have uh, put together is a set of very simple APIs that make it easy to leverage some of these capabilities I, I was referring to earlier. For example, there's something called text analytics, where you can supply it a set of text, and um, through the machine learnings, through the knowledge that it has, it can go through that text and do things such as identify the sentiment. So imagine that I was searching through uh, user comments. Imagine being able to say, okay, filter where the comments are positive, you know, as, as part of the results or being to just extract those key phrases so that if I look at a document and I say, okay, extract all the phrases like, you know, who are the people, uh, who are the objects, who are the, you know, the parts of speech from there and be able to index that as separate metadata. It allows you to drill into that data. And also one of the other interesting things that I used in this example is the, uh, the vision, the computer vision API which is really nice. What I can do is I can provide it an image and it can analyze it and provide metadata from it. So for example, if I supply a picture, it might come back and say, oh, there's a mountain, there's a person, there are you know, people with faces, this is a picture of Obama. You know, That's really useful metadata. But what I did in my example is, and this is really useful from lawyers, is that in PDFs, there's so often it's not just text. They a lot of times they have scanned images, scanned images of text. So being able to run OCR allows me to grab the text from that image and then use that as text within the search index to be searchable. So leveraging some of these cognitive services really makes it simple for me to enhance the overall search experience using some of those capabilities I just told you about. Interesting. 
does your actual does that fall under your domain to do the image searching as well, or are you kind of talking about other services that just mesh really well with some of the things that your teams do? Yeah, they 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 mesh really really well. Now I will say that the text analytics um, team is actually part of the Azure Search team, so there are things that we're working on to to even have tighter integration from that perspective. But the fact is is that it's Right now, it's actually pretty simple to just take a content, uh, pass it through the API, get the result, and then upload it to Azure Search. And hopefully, you'll see if you go to that GitHub site. Hopefully, we can share it with the uh, the, the viewers afterwards. Um, you see, it's actually very little code to be able to to do this type of thing. Hmm. Very interesting. So, you know, we have competition in in this space, and I don't mean in the API sense, but you know, Google's been doing search for a heck of a long time, right? We've been doing search. Other search engines, they they play in this space of trying to figure out what people really want from text, right? What's the race right now? What is what's kind of the holy grail? Like where where is it going right now? Are you guys racing towards some kind of metric that uh, is is the next? big thing uh, or is it a very graceful process right now where is everybody's just making little increments to make it more re real and usable for our customers yeah I, I feel that the race right now is in the area of machine learning um, because there's there as I know you have seen there's just so much happening in this space and be able to you know especially look at text and be able to get some really interesting insights from it um, and this is, you know, just by the sheer amount of unstructured data, a number of files that are in organizations right now, it's just people are just craving the ability to, to not only uh, find that content, but have a system built in there that really understands that underlying data. It understands the data and it understands me. And so if I can build out these systems where the search engines are automatically learning learning by what's interesting to me, what's how I'm similar to other users, and then using that information on what it's learned about the underlying data, that's where the next generation of search is. And then being able to then tie it into those interfaces you, you referred to earlier so that I can just speak to the system and, and find the content. Uh, I can use these other interfaces to be able to interact and get that underlying content. That's where the race is today. I feel the underlying, the core search, um, it, it's been done really, really well. I mean, if you actually look under our covers, we use a technology called Elasticsearch. This is an open source technology, excellent technology. Um, and we leverage that because that is a really great search engine. Um, but I think where the real advancements are, are what's happening on top of search, like these interfaces to search, the language understanding, as well as the machine learning to look at content and, and get insights from it. I see. So if you're indexing and searching and, and doing all this stuff, you guys are, there, there's a machine learning aspect to what you guys are doing as an API, right? And it's getting better at understanding the, the normal person, what they're requesting. But I'm, I'm trying to figure out, are you kind of hinting towards also putting an AI element for a customer to tap into AI to get even better for what they're, something very domain specific for them? Yeah, exactly. And so right now we're kind of at a preliminary stage with that because what's happening is that, you know, with, with the sheer amount of content, I, th I think there was a stat that said, you know, the 
you know, the vast majority of data was created in the last two years. Like, I mean, it's just the amount of data that's coming in is growing. So what we're, we're now working with customers on is the ability to use some of our, you know, big data technologies to process this sheer amount of content to get th those insights. So, for example, we've had a lot of luck using some different clustering techniques. Uh, we're using um, technology algorithms such as BM25 to really go through that content and do clustering information, find relationships of data, and then taking the results of that and then ingesting it into Azure Search as you know extra metadata that's useful in the search experience. So with that, what we're we're doing is we are working with customers and they're seeing a lot of success in just using these these algorithms as well as some of the different Microsoft technologies for um, enhancing that text. Interesting. And when you say clustering, is it, so you talked about the long tail a little bit earlier. Uh, is what I'm hearing that you may not know exactly what they said, but you can cluster them and sort of categorize either the phrase or some of the comments, and now all of a sudden you have metadata because you've categorized that. Is that a little bit what you're talking about? Yeah, that's exactly what I'm talking about. And so that idea of getting the phrases allows me to build out those, you know, those facets, those categorizations, so that when I'm searching, I can categorize by those phrases. But you know what? The other interesting thing about um, key phrases is, is that once I've identified what the most interesting phrases are, I can also do things such as text summarization. If I can go through this huge briefing, legal briefing, I can say, okay, you know what? I know what the interesting phrases are from that. Um, I through BM25 or other algorithms, I can figure out the, you know, the a numerical importance of those phrases. And then what I can do is I, and I can go through those documents and then I can say, okay, which sentences best represent these interesting phrases? And then bring back you know, a summary or just the sentences that are simpler. So when I'm doing my search application, I don't have to show them this huge set of text. I can just say, here's a summary of that document. Is that interesting? If so, then they click on it and go into more details. That's what machine learning is allowing us to do. Hmm. It, now, is that the concept where, uh, you know, the, the us, the thes, you know, all the sort of uh, fluff words per se are kind of streamlined out or is it deeper than that? It, yeah, it, well, I mean, certainly that that is part of it. So being able to um, go through the documents and remove, in search we call those stop words, you know, the and, uh, words that have very little meaning. Uh, but if you can then say, okay, you know what, after I remove those, I can, you know, reduce words down to their stems. So run, run, or running. You know, why have those as separate words? Why not just have it as a unique word so that I can group those together? And then once you've actually calculated that, you, you know, you can run through these algorithms to, to say, based on these terms or these phrases that I've narrowed it down to, which ones are the most important? And that's where things like BM25, you know, TFIDF, other algorithms are perfect for calculating those types of values. Very cool. Uh, I'm going to put you on the spot here. Uh, is there any recent customer success stories that you could, you know, just spend a few minutes walking us through that's public? I know you work on all kinds of cool stuff, but something that you can tell us that, uh, you know, they went from this situation to a different situation and it made all the difference? Yeah, I, I mean, a lot of this stuff is quite new, so I can't give you a customer name, but I will give you an example of a, a customer uh, that we're working with that 
you know, where they've really found a lot of value in this. And, you know, this customer, um, they're an ISV, they have themselves a whole lot, uh, a large number of customers, and they have this idea of being able to find documents. So what they did is they put into a search engine the metadata that related to those files. So it's, you know, file sizes, the last modified, you know, file types, things like that, maybe even the file name that allows you to kind of explore and find files. But the thing is, is that they really wanted to be able to uh, search within that content, you know, of those files to find relevant information. But the problem is, is when you have hundreds, thousands, millions of documents, being able to put that into a search index can not only be sometimes fairly expensive, but, you know, for some systems can be difficult to manage. Uh, now, with platforms as a service, that's our, our problem, but other systems, that can be a challenge. So by using these techniques I told you about, by just going through these huge numbers of documents and identifying what those key phrases are, um, what I, I can do is I can then say, you know what, we'll continue to index that metadata, the file size, the last modified, et cetera, but why don't we just put in those key phrases? the interesting phrases um, that are related to that so that we can then perform full text search over it because it only has a very small subset. In fact, often it's, you know, 4% or less the overall size of the content um, at a much smaller size and still have that key phrases so that I can then group or categorize based on the important phrases. So what we've seen with this customer and, you know, various others in this space is that we can really greatly reduce the amount of content you need to index, but still have that full search experience and make it seem like all of the content is there. Mm -hmm. And you touched on this a little bit earlier, but I, I still haven't wrapped my head around it. So SQL Server, for example, has had full text searching for a long time, right? Years. That's right. How mm -hmm. is this different? I mean, when, it, when you say, hey, we index this, we, we pick out certain words, we filter the stop words, how does this go a step further than that? Because this is all fairly cutting edge that we're talking about, but it doesn't, just from the description, it sounds very similar. Yeah, and, and certainly um, um, SQL Server, Azure SQL, it has the full text search capability. So it has this idea of, you know, being able to do the, the full, full text search, put in those words and, and very quickly find the results. Um, so in some cases, it does make sense to combine that with, you know, your SQL queries. Uh, but I think that you, what you'll find is that with Azure Search, you know, a lot of people are first looking to just remove that search workload from SQL because, you know, search is often very, um, you know, cyclical. You know, it might, you know, it might have busy times and it really impacts the existing SQL workload. So that can be one reason to move moved search out but more probably more likely what we're seeing is that things like this being integration to really understand the languages uh to integrate more machine learning technologies to have kind of a, a bit more of an advanced search implementation um that is a reason why they're also looking to move it out so you know there i would say that uh, within azure search you'll probably find that especially things like the language support, are a, a bit more extensive. I see. That makes total sense. Well, mm -hmm. Liam, I really appreciate having you on the show. I did want to ask, 
what do you see yourself getting into the next? I mean, is this is this your passion here? Obviously, it is in your current role. But what, what's what interests you in the next few years in technology? Yeah, no, I, I, the, what I've been kind of going through was this whole idea of learning more from um, text. You know, I think we're just scratching the surface with things like uh, OCR. You know, I, I am very excited about things like handwriting. I mean, think about all of the content that people have that is handwritten and being able to, you know, understand that and then make that searchable. There's so many interesting technologies. So, you know, if I have images to be able to, identify similar documents, be able to take a picture of a t-shirt for a retailer and say, this is a red shirt and you know it's very similar to these other images. All of those things are you know, coming down the, the road and they're very, very realistic. And those are the types of things that have me excited right now. Okay, now do we have an OCR solution right now, Microsoft itself, or do we, use some third-party type component. I, I really am not familiar with that offering. Yeah, we do. So part of the uh, cognitive services in the computer vision API, there is uh, OCR support within that. Um, I really like it because uh, it not only does things such as extracting the text from the images, but it also does things such as bounding boxes uh, and sizes of the font so that not only can identify where in that image that text was, but I can, I can do things such as identify the size of that text. So you know what? If it's larger than the average, then that might be a heading and give me some ideas of an importance. So that's one part that's really good. Um, there are some libraries that um, you can leverage, um, just basically DLLs that you can download and use that are often part of Office um, that provide um, fairly good OCR support as well. So those are the main ones, but yeah, they are all built um, from within Microsoft. What would our listeners do to kind of get started in this? Where would they go? Yeah, so if you just go to azure.com uh, and look under products, uh, web and mobile, there's Azure search. And so from there, you'll, you'll get access to different types of documentation. We have a large number of videos if people prefer to watch uh, and learn that way. Uh, we have a large number of samples. So if you go to github.com uh, forward slash Azure dash samples, um, there are some search examples there if you prefer to look through samples and code from that point. And also, you know, if you are interested in learning more about how I did some of the cognitive services integration, uh, we, I also have that GitHub example that uh, we can hopefully provide in, in the notes as well. That's great. Thanks so much. Uh, we really appreciate having you. I learned a lot. Uh, it's been very interesting. Uh, thanks for your time. Yeah, thank you, Justin. All right, take it easy. Hey, thanks for joining us on AI Exposed. Once again, I'm your host, Justin Scott, and I'd love your feedback on this show. Just hit me up on Twitter at AI Exposed or send me an email at AI Exposed at Outlook.com. Take care.